Hello, dear listener. This is already the fourth episode of my new podcast. Yes, still new podcast. Data science, Phil. Um, today I'm also very motivated. Uh, just in the last episode, yes, uh, we are pretty much on a roll here uh, because I think these topics that we are going to this to to discuss in these episodes are very important, right? I talked about when you can remember it in the introduction about the the outline of the podcast and that I wanted to do this format that I wanted to recapitulate the basics so that everybody who is interested in this can uh, get along and can learn it. I definitely think that it it is um, possible. Uh, to learn uh, this this field, uh, that to to be able to learn, it's possible for everyone. That's what I wanted to basically say. Although I admit it's it's a hard subject, and from time to time you have to really dig deep. You have to sweat. You have to understand these concepts. And but don't worry if it doesn't. If it isn't immediately clear to you, that's absolutely no problem. You need time to understand uh, these concepts. Um, I would also recommend doing some exercises, talking with your colleagues about these subjects that we are discussing here. You know, if you really want to learn this, you need to actively use it. Um, and that's, by the way, how I it I can of course and will do that give you some um, book recommendations some tutorial recommendations just like I did with the podcast and so on one book recommendation I already gave you remember um, Ipshirani and hasty introduction to statistical learning if you want to do if you want to get there really really fast and apply methods and see immediate results if you want to dig deeper into the theory I'd recommend elements of statistical learning these are two books uh, on data science. One is the theory side, the other is the applied side. And you can dig into both uh, and, and get uh, a nice um, nice exercise. So uh, just like I said, talk to your colleagues about it uh, and, and don't feel ashamed to feel um, maybe a little bit uh, yeah, I'd even say, quote-unquote, stupid. There are no stupid questions, really. We have to approach this problem by attacking it piece by piece, you know. And when we are going to talk about the concepts of computer science, actually um, dividing a hard attack problem into smaller parts that you can iteratively solve and then uh, puzzle it together to... to to get the conceptual insight is actually a technique in computer science that is used quite often, um, for example, in divide and conquer algorithms. So don't worry. Um, that is the main, um, or not the main, but <laughs> that is uh, a point of, of this episode. Don't worry if you don't understand it immediately. Uh, what, what we're going to talk about here in this podcast, these are very, very hard concepts. I needed some time and exercise to actually really understand it and um, 
the same probably applies for you, but, uh, you know, practice makes better. And there is also a saying uh, that I remember, uh, mathemati mathematics is not a spectator sport, right? So you have to dig in, you have to do the exercise yourself, you have to sweat it, you have to, you know, like feel a problem. That's actually how you can then remember these concepts because they bug you at the time. And then they get hardwired into your brain. They get only hardwired into your brain when you had problems and then you solve a solution. Like I said, talk to others, do teamwork, form groups. Um, these are not easy concepts to understand. And don't worry if you don't feel like a, a genius uh, immediately uh, understanding everything and having huge conceptual insights. That is not the case. I mean, most of the time, I think the smarter you are, the more confused you are. And the harder science you do, the more the more you're in a constant state of confusion and to actually live with this type of confusion is actually trained in uh, in these subjects so this was a little bit of an aside in terms of uh, learning strategy and so on um, now we want to dig deep into the into the into the subject matter of today's episode which will be probability wow that is really awesome i think and um, also important, and you might ask yourself immediately, hmm, probability, that's pretty much, probably the most, probably, <laughs> get the pun, um, the most important thing uh, in data science, and I totally agree, it is a very important concept, a very mm, intuitive, there is an intuitive side to it, there is an, um, and there is a theoretical side to it, okay, so, Probability. Everybody knows probability when when we talk about probability. You have an idea of the probability that uh, it will rain tomorrow. Um, you have an idea or you have a probability in mind that you are going to die in the next uh, 50 years and so on. And these are um, the... Um, these are the subjective, really, uh, probabilities that you encounter in life, right? And I think it's nice, I think, and I think it's important that you realize that this is also part of probability, right? So, okay, just think about what you would say if mm, I think there's a 30% probability that it will rain tomorrow. There you already see it. You introduce probabilities through percentages. You can also say there's a one in three chance that it will rain tomorrow. Then you don't have um, a, a percentage, but it's still, um, it's still something that um, is a fraction, right? And by the way, I'm getting... Uh, I'm getting WhatsApp messages here all the time. As I've heard on the last podcast, you can hear that. Don't get uh, distracted by it. I looked on my smartphone a couple of times, but no, I won't do it any longer as I now focus on this episode, which is very important. I want you to have the full experience. I want you to have the full exposure and the full thought and the full concentration on this matter because I think it's important. Okay, so 
we were at percentages. Probabilities are percentages. Probabilities are fractions. And there you can already see that the we can already formulate some what we call axioms of probability. Komolgorov, a famous Russian mathematician, formalized the notion of probability in his Komolgorov axioms uh, for probability theory. Now, this sounds very hard, and I'm going to explain uh, what an axiom is, because, because not all of uh, the listeners might be familiar with it. An axiom is just a concept that you believe in and that you cannot prove. Okay? I will repeat that. An axiom is just um, a rational belief that you believe in, but that cannot be proven. That cannot even be proven uh, with, with mathematical proof. All of mathematics is rests upon um, axioms. And so even in mathematics, um, now this might discourage some some, no, it's actually not funny, sorry that I laugh now, but um, even mathematics rests on axioms, and so we can, even in mathematics, we cannot be sure if we discover the truth. We can say, if the axioms hold, then we can deduce theorems, and then we can deduce um, um, and prove theories, but we have to trust the axiom. For example, Zermelo Frenkel is, is an axiomatic system that, used, that is used for all of mathematics and number theory and set theory and so on. You might have heard of, of the Peano axioms of the natural numbers. That is, 0 is a natural number, and if n is a natural number, n plus 1 is a natural number. These are axioms, right? And because of these axioms, by the way, proof by induction works, but that's another, another topic. Um, so um, yeah, what think think about what what these axioms for probability theory are. Okay, um, you might we might uh, agree on the fact that a probability is always in the range between zero and one. Okay, it's always in the range between zero and one. There is no no such thing as a probability of 130%. There is no such thing as a probability of 2000%. doesn't make any sense. So the probability is always in the range between 0 and 1. That's one axiom. There is the impossible event, and the impossible event has the probability 0, 0%. It's an event which, of which the outcome is impossible. Then there's the sure event, and the sure event has the probability 100%. Okay, and then there's all these um, differences in between. Um, now, let us um, define probability in a formal way using the Laplace definition by the French mathematician Laplace. Laplace said that a probability is just uh, is defined as the number of uh, now I can only think of the German definition, but I have I have to give you the English um, definition. The number of relevant events 
divided by the number of all events. Okay, so the sample space is the set of all possible outcomes and in referring to probabilities of event, an event is any set of outcomes of interest. And the probability of an event is the relative frequency of this set of outcomes over an indefinitely large or infinite number of trials. That's uh, another definition by Bernard. Okay. So, um, also, if event A has a probability and event um, B has a probability, then the probability that A or B occurs is the probability of A plus the probability of B. Okay? If they are, I have to uh, say, mutually uh, exclusive. Um, at this point, I would recommend you go into set theory uh, to uh, really understand probability. Um, it's uh, actually fairly useful to uh, recapitulate um, set theory, the theory of sets, because events can be considered sets, right? And um, so, um, for example, uh, we have to go over some some uh, probability laws, calculation laws of, of probabilities that uh, is, it's only possible to understand those with the help of set theory. Okay, and there's also this notion of the the, the, the fact that sorry, I can't uh, really visualize these these things and. It's, it's great using Venn diagrams actually uh, to, to visualize um, sets. So there I have to refer uh, you, the listener, to the, um, to the uh, exercises uh, for, for doing this uh, that you can uh, understand um, set theory because there's also the uh, multiplication law of probabilities that is that a remember now a and b occurs and this probability is the probability of a times the uh, probability of um, of b um, also i can refer the listener in terms of this i can refer the listener to the uh, tree diagrams um, you can visualize this with, with actually tree diagrams where you traverse a, um, a branch in order to calculate these, these probabilities. By the way, this will be um, important later when we talk about um, the binomial distribution, especially the accumulative um, binomial um, distribution. Um, and this law, um, the multiplication law of probability, also holds for um, more than two uh, events so or, or outcomes. Consider the fact that you have, um, let's say, 
A, you have an event A that we call A1, A indexed uh, 1, and, and this can go up to A um, indexed to N. And if you want to um, calculate the probability of A1 and A2 uh, and A3 up to An, then this also works by just multiplying the, uh, the single um, probabilities. Okay, so um, the additional of probability that I talked uh, about before, and there you now have to, to use set theory to understand this, you have to um, subtract the probability of A and B. This follows immediately, or is immediately clear, you can prove this using a Venn diagram, uh, and A and B is the... Um, the cut set. I hope I'm uh, translating this right from German to Now of A and B. And if this set is not empty, you have to subtract it, right? Um, okay. Then um, we would. Yeah. Then there is the concept of conditional uh, uh, probabilities. Or, or sorry, conditional uh, probability, and there is just the quantity uh, p of a and b um, divided by, or given sorry, given the probability of a is defined as the conditional probability of b given a, uh, which is just written uh, the uh, p, uh, and then uh, in parentheses b. Um, straight line um, A, okay? And these um, conditional probabilities mm, are actually mm, fairly important. Uh, in, in t um, they're used, for example, in Bayes' theorem. That, don't worry, we'll talk about this later. And they are also... Um, uh, these conditional uh, probabilities are also used in many many concepts for example if the the propensity score um a, a concept that we're going to talk about very specialized concept in uh, causal inference and non-randomized observational data this concept or sorry this score the, prop, the propensity score is also a conditional probability namely the probability that a person is assigned to the treatment given given the covariates don't don't worry these technical terms we will define them uh, later on just that you already see that the conditional probability is um, is an important um, concept okay um, then we should talk about um pretty much um you know Bayes rule now this is a pretty hmm, pretty tough um concept to understand um and here i strongly recommend you do some uh, exercises um some uh, chalk talk as i call it I have a nice uh, 
blackboard uh, in my room that is actually a whiteboard uh, and <laughs> I would I recommend this to you too you can feel like a genius you know one of these uh, like Sheldon Cooper has in his uh, living room and I'm writing equations on it and so on um, uh, and and, and uh, for important concepts and, and, and things so um, you know base rule and this is you can apply to screening tests you know at the time uh, you can you can figure out for example if mammograms which are which are screening tests for a possible breast cancer um, you know given given that the test is positive uh, positive how likely are you to really have um, breast cancer uh, hint it's not 100 percent um, and so you can gauge that and 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 decide if for example this is a an issue for public health to evaluate the effectiveness of certain tests. You can definitely overtest if you are looking for diseases. Um, you can just find something by chance if you use enough and enough and enough um, tests. And so there was a discussion if mammograms are actually. Um, both cost-effective because, of course, insurers have to pay it, have to pay uh, the costs associated, and um, if there are um, false positives, uh, um, uh, like we call them, for false positives, then this has, of course, drastic con uh, consequences for the for the women, right? undergoing then um, uh, treatment getting chemotherapy um, you know which is not um, not healthy so let us define the predictive um, value positive or the positive predictive value of a screening test is the probability that a person has a disease given that the test is positive and the negative predictive value of a screening test is the probability that a person does not have a disease given that the test is negative. So these are two um, conditional um, probabilities, right? Okay. And the specificity of a symptom or a set of symptoms, a screening test, is the probability that the symptom is not present given that the person does not have the disease. Okay, so these are important concepts in uh, um, medical testing, screening testing, and so on that we'll see uh, is um, important later on. So let us uh, formally define base rule now that we have defined conditional probabilities. Let that A be a symptom and B be a disease then um, base rule is just that the positive predictive value is the probability of B given A and this probability equals the probability of A given B and the probability uh, sorry times the probability of B divided by the probability of A given B times the probability of B plus the probability 
of a given not b times the probability of not b so this just means that you have if you have mm, the incidence rate of a disease you can actually calculate these these concepts of, of the predictive value and so on okay okay and um you know there's a whole whole school of thought actually that um is based on, on this Bayes theorem called, you can have uh, frequentist inference and Bayesian inference. Okay, this, this consider this um, sort of schools of thought, philosophies underlying all of, uh, all of statistics. And, you know, these days people are doing Bayesian inference and are, are quote unquote Bayesians. Um, these are, also, they tend to be um, um, they tend to be more computationally uh, intensive Bayesian methods, but what it gives you the chances it gives you your it gives you the chance to update your belief and to have a prior probability. As obviously, it's it uses Bayes theorem, and so you you can you remember. Bayes theorem can calculate conditional probabilities. It can transform uh, um, um, probabilities, and so you can incorporate a prior probability that you either get from uh, from studies that are done before, right? And and this is the power of, of the Bayesian approach. Okay, so the prior probability of an event is the best guess by a uh, guess. Sorry, the best guess by the observer of an event's likelihood in the absence of data. And this uh, prior probability uh, may be a single number or it may be um, a range of uh, likely values for the probability, uh, perhaps even with uh, weights uh, attached to each possible, each possible value. And the posterior probability of an event is, is the likelihood that an event will occur after collecting uh, some empirical data and it is obtained by integrating information from the prior probability with additional data uh, related to the event in question. Okay. Now I could talk a little bit about the receiver operating uh, characteristics. Um, yeah, and I'm going to do this uh, as, as the rock curve is quite important, also for ML applications, by the way. And so a receiver operating characteristic or rock curve is a plot of the sensitivity versus, the, versus one minus the specificity because there is a trade-off. Remember the definitions of uh, both sensitivity and specificity of a screening test. Um, where the different points on the curve correspond to different cutoff points used to designate uh, test positive. So um, on the y-axis you have the sensitivity, and on the x-axis you have uh, the uh, you have one minus specificity, 
and both of course range between 1 and 0. Remember definition or the axioms actually of um, probability and in a rock curve what you want to do is you want to maximize um, both of these issues and this is usually done uh, of course if you have um, zero or if you have 100% specificity you can have 0% sensitivity that's actually easy um, if you just say every case is, is positive then you have a very good um, specificity but a bad sensitivity and, and you can do this vice versa but the, the optimal point lies uh, sort of these rock curves are sort of mm, mm, logistic graphs where in the uh, top uh, left corner there's the sweet spot um, where you should uh, or we should, we should use the EML uh, model then. Um, prevalence and incidence I uh, already talked about these are uh, terms from epidemiology uh, that are probably not uh, uh, absolutely uh, necessary for, for everybody. Okay, dear listeners, uh, I think uh, we came to an end. This was the episode on uh, probability. Uh, like I said in the beginning, uh, it was fairly theoretical. And don't worry if you haven't uh, understood uh, everything the first time, especially uh, just by listening to to this um, podcast. Um, I can. Like I said in the beginning, uh, uh, or I suggest you do uh, some uh, exercises. Um, ISML, the book that I mentioned in the beginning, is actually not um, that uh, uh, good in terms of uh, getting some exercises. If you're a German-speaking listener, I can recommend Angewandte Statistik by Hederich in Sachs. And this book, can, of course, also contains sorry um uh, contains exercises that i can recommend you look into you go through uh, talk with your colleagues um, about um in terms of the english listeners um i still have to look up a very good uh, introduct introductory textbook there is one uh catered uh, to the needs of uh, biostatistics, which is called Fundamentals of Biostatistics by Bernard Rosner. And this book uh, contains, uh, also contains exercises that you can do. Okay, dear listener, this is it for today. Uh, keep on uh, rocking data science.